Okay. All right, people. Well, this is another edition, special edition of the Rock Show from um, the Hard Rock and AC. Why is it special? So I'm here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and look, John is here. And it's a video. <laughs> and it's a video. This video. Is the first video that we finally get to see our ugly faces. Yes, we're gonna put this on YouTube. We're gonna ad lib all this shit. Yep. Ad lib it. Throw it up there. Yeah, we definitely are. Jimi Hendrix. Mind you, we take sponsors. So Bud Light, if you want to sponsor Light, us, make a little Budweiser. Budweiser. We do take sponsors, so enjoy that. Nice so the Hendrix. Yeah. We want to start because I mean, all right, he's a sick fuck. Yeah, I mean, in a good way. You know, Hendrix <laughs> has been, you know, researched and dissected and taken apart a million times. You know. Okay. But one thing that I like about him the most, really, is it was a typical childhood that he had that brought him to rock and roll mm-hmm. okay True. everybody we've been talking about since the podcast started almost everybody have been fuck-ups okay people that have been uh really like bad childhoods didn't get along with their family didn't get along with their friends and it just brought them to music lemmy was a good example of that okay lemmy was uh, god yes of course <laughs> i love them and you know what always interested me interested me about hendrix was the early years of his life. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, he was born Johnny Allen Hendricks in November of 1942 in Seattle. Okay. I got that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, his parents were Lucille and James Allen Hendricks. His father was in the Army during the war, but he served in the States. Now, his father uh, was an alcoholic, so was his mother, actually. And to him. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, severe alcoholic. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, that's, well, I'm not severe. Well, yeah. not yet. Not yet. I'm not getting yet. there. Yeah. Hanging out with him, I might, I might be. <laughs> it's inevitable hanging out with this guy. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, when he was born, the army wouldn't let father see him. In fact, he wouldn't even see him until he was three years old when the war ended. They were afraid that he was going to go AWOL. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So they actually locked him in the stockade for a couple of weeks to make sure he didn't go AWOL because his son was born. That's and that's up. fucked up. That's fucked up. Uh, yeah. That's some fucked up How do you shit. Do that? That's kind of yeah. fucked up. Yeah. So finally, uh, uh, the war did end in 1945. He gets discharged. He goes right back. He sees his son for the first time at three years old. Uh, during that whole time, Lucille, his mom, you know, the mom, the wife, was having a hard time. She had a drinking problem, couldn't take care of the kids. They, he came back, he couldn't even find them at first. They weren't where they were supposed to be. Wow. And he found them with family, you know, other members of the family like a week later or something like that. Um, actually, he had to go down to Berkeley, California, not even Seattle, to go find them. Um, in 1946, they actually changed Jimmy's name because he was born Johnny Allen Hendricks. And they changed it to James Marshall Hendricks. Yeah, I saw that. And the, re- the reason the reason that was was it was a it was to recognize some people in Allen's family and stuff like that. Okay. So he changed the whole name. So there was a reason. It wasn't like legal or anything. No, like no, it was just a, a choice, you know. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, it, coming out of the war was difficult. Uh, he couldn't find work, and they had no money, and the mother couldn't find any work, so they were impoverished. And what, what happened is, uh, in those days, they take the kid from you. So they actually had a few more children, and often they would be put into foster care and then come back and, put, you know, they would go back and forth. Wow. 
he couldn't, you know, they, they re I guess the courts realized that they couldn't take care of them and would take some of these kids away and put them in foster yeah, care. possibility back then. Yeah, I mean, not like, now. Not like now, you know. You know what they say, um, Hendrix, um, so pretty much Hendrix had like a rough childhood. Yeah, we'll I mean, it, it, without doubt. Um, you know, he was close with his brother Leon, uh, but again, his brother Leon would occasionally go into foster care. So it was like a constant abandonment thing going on with Hendrix. You know, people leaving him, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, that tells a lot of, of his music style because yeah. he thought I said I played the wrong note constantly. I don't care. No. I'll bend into a better note. Exactly. And that's what would fucking drive me. I played guitar for a long time. I drove me nuts. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, for a long time I hated him as a guitarist because I'm like, he sucks. No, he's he, wrong. He's all over the place. You don't play. Let me finish. Yeah, I, 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 he hits wrong notes, but yeah. then reading his story and learning why, why and how and why, I fell in love with the man. Oh yeah. He hits wrong notes and bends them to better. There's, there's You're guitar, not giving great things There's guitar players, and then there's Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy yeah. Hendrix. Yeah. There's, there's, there's nobody to this day, before or after, that played like him. People try now, okay, but. They, they can't because they're not him. You know, you know? There, there's you know something that come close. Like come Joe, close. Joe, Joe Perry's phenomenal. Yeah, I love Joe. I Joe's love more Joe. Blue, Joe's more like less experimental than Hendrix. Oh, absolutely. Was, no, I'm not experimental, but you just but the feeling you get. And nowadays, and it's one thing I hate in music nowadays. And you say it's from my Mohawk, whatever. There's no feeling. There's no, not that much. There's not that much emotion. Today, it's all today in fucking music, mass-produced today, bullshit. Right, today in music is just mass-commercialized. I mean, it's, for, it's, you, there's, for no, you to there's say, no feeling and soul in the music. For you to say, I know I hit the wrong notes. I do it. On, I don't do it on purpose, but I'll bend into a better note. I'll be given the worst cards ever. I'll make that poker hand work and for an AC. Isn't that punk rock? I'll get exactly. Isn't that I'll, punk I'll get rock? shit cards I mean, and make it work. You, 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 and take, you take your shit. You, you know, your shitty playing, your shitty life, and you make it, it worth better. Something. You make it worth something. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what it's all about. And, and that's, that's why. I mean, that's how I live my life. Once I, I learned that, I fell know? in love with him to you that know, day. What's interesting, he started actually playing the guitar at the age of 15. Yeah. Yeah, he, he actually, it, it, it wasn't even a guitar. He actually was playing a ukulele. Ukulele. Oh, okay. Now, what happened a couple years earlier was his parents divorced. Yeah. Finally, they, they were fighting all the time. Alcoholic ended up getting divorced. Uh, he actually went to his father, and so did his brother Leon. Okay. And uh, they moved back to Seattle, and he got this ukulele. He found a ukulele in the garbage or some shit, and he taught, he strung it. You know, he figured it out, and he taught himself how to play hound dog. Elvis' oh, hound, you know, hound wow. right? Right. On, on a ukulele. And uh, 1958, his mother would pass away, all right? And check this out. His father wouldn't let him go to the funeral. Okay? Wow. Why or the... his brother, okay? He took him to the bar. He, he was like about 15, 16 years mm -hmm. old. Took him to the bar, Got gave him a couple of shots of whiskey and said, this is how men deal with it. And that's it. That's it. Imagine that now. <laughs> they, they take the kid from you. It'd be over with. It'd be over with. First of all, deal with it. They, first of all, you're taking a kid to the bar. Oh yeah, that's the yeah. first problem. They shoot it up. Um, all right. So Jim with Hendrix was a guitarist and singer, and he also was a songwriter. Yeah, I mean everything. He he did everything. He did everything. He did right? everything. You know. I mean, you, uh, you want to early go? on. Early on, I'll, I'll get into this now. Is he played with a lot of people? You'd be oh, surprised. Yeah. Um, oh no, yeah. I mean, when he opened how many studios? Well, electric lady, 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 lady
because it's a quiet little nook now, but it's still one of the best places to record, which mm-hmm. a lot of people pass through there. Yes. Tom, Tommy Ramon was uh, worked there before he was in the Ramones. You know, he'd worked as like a, not a main producer, but he worked with some of the producers that were there to help them. Um, so, 1958, after his mother died, uh, he got his first acoustic guitar. All right. And he started listening to a lot of the old blues guys Muddy Waters, BB King, Howlin' Wolf, Robert Johnson. And one thing he was interested in was learning how to play TV theme songs. So he learned how to play Peter Gunn, you know, dun 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 dun. It's a great, I mean, that's, that's great. It's easy to play on guitar and, you know, it's classic. Um, in 1959, he saw uh, Hank Ballard and the Midnighters. Uh, they're actually known for being the, the writers of the twist. Hank Ballard oh, wrote the original twist before Chubby Checker did oh, wow. it. Wow. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, Chubby Checker's version is more pop. There's is more bluesy yeah. kind of, you know. Um, and also, uh, he met guitarist Billy Davis uh, at a concert of Hank, Hank Ballard and uh, taught him some guitar licks while he was at it, you know, okay. you know from, yeah, so he learned some things from good guys. Uh, he started a band called the Velvetones, but remember, he was playing acoustic guitar. Acoustic. Right, and this was like the days of, you know, four or five singers and an acoustic. Nobody could hear him. So he said, all right, he begged his father, you know, get me an electric guitar, get some a Supro. Little white Supro, okay. <laughs> you ever see a Supro? Yeah, yeah okay. it's the cheap little guitar. Well, it's, yeah, it's, got a cool, it's got a cool sound, but it's a cheap little shit. Um, and at the first gig, when he changes from acoustic to electric, they fire him from the band. It's too loud Be- because because he was showing off. Of course, yeah. yeah. He started. He started wailing. Do you know how many bands away. have been fired from from, from legit yeah. being the guy? You shouldn't be the guy, you're the guitarist. No yeah. shit, jerk. In off. those days, if you were in a, a vocal group like that and you were the guitar player, you, much you were supposed to be in the back. Yeah. But you were not up front, you know. I mean, he wasn't even playing with his teeth then, so I mean, it couldn't be showing off too bad, Doesn't but it was, really, it was too much for them. You, you get know? too much attention, that's all Mike, you want to hear it. Jimi Hendrix is one of the few guys that have musicians. He got in trouble, joined the military. Well, he was forced. He was forced uh, what happened was he, he got caught, he got two times uh, when he was 19 yeah he was joyriding you know he stole a car went joyriding and um, the the judge said listen you're either gonna go in the army or you're gonna go to prison so he joined the army army. but but, you know I always thought this was interesting too he didn't just join the army joined the fucking 101 airborne paratroopers alright so I mean he had he had some balls he had some balls what was the lifespan with those guys well, in the war, like none. none. <laughs> okay, but the war was over. But still, just yeah. jumping out of a plane and joining up with the 101 when all you had to do was just join the army. That was a little, yeah. a little nuts. Um, at that point, he was playing a little Red Dan electro guitar. Okay, okay. he got rid of the Supra. Yeah. So he joined the army, and he hated it. You know, he just yeah, it wasn't his life. And but you know, begged, he was granted an honorable discharge. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get to that. He 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 begged us. He's like. Stop your fuck, let me finish. He, he begged his father while he, yeah. when he was in the army, please bring me my Red Den Electro. I miss it. I miss playing my guitar, yeah. right? So his father mailed it to him, and he was stationed down south. He wasn't overseas or anything. And um, he started playing around, you know, in, in like the army clubhouse and things like that. Everybody was breaking his balls. Oh, you love your guitar so more than more than women, you know. That, he used to get into fights, yeah, shit would happen. Yeah. You know, he gets, you know, hassled and everything. Um, 
There was a guy named Billy Cox who was another paratrooper. Uh, and one day he happened to pass this army clubhouse and he heard Jimmy playing. And he was actually a bass player. So he went into the place and grabbed the guitar and started jamming with him. And it began, it was a friendship that lasted the, the rest of his life. And Cox would eventually be in the, uh, the Jimi Hendrix experience and Band of Gypsies and all that later oh, yeah, on. Band of yeah, yeah. Um, at that point, when he met Cox, he realized, you know, they had a little something going. So he started a band called The Casuals. And they were playing military bases all over the South. Yeah. On their weekends off and stuff like that. Uh, in 1962, in January, he finishes his, uh, his paratrooper training. Which means he did jump out of the plane. Because yeah. when, you, when you finish, you got to jump out. Um, so he jumped. He, he got his, his stripes or whatever you get with that. And uh, it, it was obvious, though, to the Army that he wasn't going to be a soldier. He just wasn't interested. He, yeah. they, they knew he wanted to play guitar well, yeah. more than being a soldier. Yeah. So they gave him an, um, a, a, an honorable discharge. And it was basically under the impression that they, they said the Army would be better off without you. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know, it's okay. I mean, shit. If he had stayed in the army, he probably would have went to Vietnam a couple years later. Oh, yeah. Who knows what the fuck would have happened? He was like fucking uh, Goma Pyle of the army. Oh my god. What? Goma Pyle. Give me my rifle. We don't need. We don't need you. you I never understood. I never charge. understood why Goma Pyle didn't get a discharge right away. Wait, he he should have been kicked, out of there. That's the fucking major would have kicked him right out. I always say, you know what would have been great if a character like Goma Pyle was the Hogan hero. It would have been a golden <laughs> Do a mashup to two shows, right? <laughs> no, so I gotta ask, when did the, the acid and all the fucking crazy shit start? Ooh, yes. That's what everyone wants to know. Okay. When did he become legit that shit crazy? Because he... You know who you just He did some... As, 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 as a musician... I, I would let say... Me, let me, you two... I would say... The things he did I would were say, fucking phenomenal. Now, we're talking 1962 at this point, all right? Which, it's, a, it's, cool. a, it's a few yeah. years from now, okay? Because what would happen is he would play with a lot of different bands. Uh, everybody from... Uh, he fucking, played with the Isley Brothers. Isley Brothers. He had two stints with the Isley Brothers. Little, Little Richard. Richard, he moved to L.A. to play with him. Uh, Curtis Knight and the Right, Squirrels. Curtis Knight. And he also did the whole what was called the Chitlin Circuit, okay. which was... Yeah. The old down south, yeah, you know, Ike and Tina Turner he played with, okay? And during those times, and Sam Cooke even, okay, yeah. he would back up. And and some of these guys would, would request him to play on their singles. They would yeah. release a single. and So there's lots of singles out there that he's on. You don't know it's him. He's not credited he for. You know, I mean, he, either he's not credited for, even if he is, it's not Hendrix playing Hendrix. He's yeah. just doing his. But you know, right yeah. When the drugs, like, I, I, I drink too much. I can't play. What's up, Lawrence? All right. So Lawrence Coleman, the third LC3, is one of these most amazing guitars I've ever seen in my okay. life. Nowadays. Hello, Lawrence. I, I can't drink, smoke. I don't smoke weed anymore, but I used to, and go on stage. How the fuck? Did you drop acid? Not only that, he used to do 10 hits of acid. Oh, yeah. That How was, do you that put it in your eyeball? How do you... And he would put it in his bandana and sweat through, you know, sweat through How? it. How? How? Give, 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 give me someone understanding why he started. Give, give me something to understand this. Okay. I don't get it. So that's for right. him in the right frame. I, 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 think, I, think, I think that... That's a good question because I think that it's... 
because of his childhood, I think he was always feeling abandoned, feeling some sense of loss, not loved or whatever. Yeah. And he was always looking for something, always unhappy, always looking for something. And when you're like that, you want to medicate yourself. Yeah. And acid at the time yes, was, we well, well, yeah, yes, I mean, we whether it's alcohol or drugs or whatever, you know, you want to medicate yourself. And why not do a hallucinogen, man? You're far, far away from everybody yeah. when you're doing that. No, I, 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 I'm always trying to understand how you can play. And this is why I love him death, how you can play that You know what, easily. But well, why never... do you think he was playing the wrong notes, John? Because he was fucked up. Oh. But, he would, but he would bend him into the perfect note. Like, no, but playing it yes. bad, but bending it. That was the talent. And that was the talent. But you know I what? played it's... drunk once. I was horrible. If you had... I sucked. I was, I was atrocious. My, my, Some I, people I can play drunk. Oh, my God. You Some people can play is, drunk. If you, got, if you got a talent like him, right, the way he was, the way you saw him on that stage, yeah. no, you wouldn't look at anybody else at that stage because he was making love to that guitar, and I think the whole thing with yeah. the acid well, and stuff you saw, you made saw him and the guitar. There was, there was, they made I think him he was. I think he was himself yeah. when he was on stage playing that guitar, that Strat, uh, that white Strat he played, yeah. okay? Uh you know, when later on, when when he would get signed by by Chandler from the Animals, yeah, okay, uh, go into that more in a minute. But like, he started doing the festivals like Monterey Pop and all. You see that? You see the way he's playing at Monterey Pop? You can look at YouTube as it all out there. Um, he's he's basically if you were a woman, you had to be coming in your pants watching him. Okay, okay. With that, with that I mean, he was their version of name Prince. Like, watching him was like... Well, Prin- women, Prin- women, Prince women, was and, channeling and, Hendrix and a lot of oh, things yeah. that he did. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, in the 90s, Prince, women would lose their shit over him. They would yeah. watch him. Uh, I hate but, his, but my mom you know what I also think? Maybe another thing I'm going to say about Jimi Hendrix also could have been a guy that had a stage fright and the acid were... Climbing down, he would not see those people. Yeah, he, he, I, I don't. I don't think so, though. I don't so think. I think he was very. Adam, he, I think he was very comfortable no, out there. But no. But once you get the acid, it's like you are there by yourself. You're not seeing. No. You don't notice everybody else. No, I don't see the acid. Every time I take hits of acid, yeah, and I be around people, but it's not like I'm in my own world. They, they, they don't well, that's, anymore. They, they anymore. Don't see, they don't see. He's nothing. sober now. They don't see nothing, and I and I think that's why it made Hendrix. The acid is what made Hendrix great. Because he would go there, he would get in that zone, and nobody could touch him. It's possible. It's I, possible. I think that's why he did it. He did I, it because... I don't know. I don't know. It worked It worked for him. You know, not yeah. too many people could handle that kind of shit. Hey, look at I the, look at, look at the beat. When Beatles started tripping on that. So the, the Beatles, when they started tripping, they did the best album. I thought that was one of the best albums. People say The White Album. People say Revolver. Sgt. Pepper. Sgt. Pepper, to me, is my favorite album. It's, it's, good album. it's, it's, not, it's not my favorite, but it's, it's a good album. It's good album. It's my favorite. I, 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 I like the music nowadays. Shit. That's a different argument. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sergeant Pepper. That's the rock show. Uh, be that's, a whole, that's a whole thing. There's, I mean, music now and then. There's so much albums from 30 years ago that I would have said is total shit that blows away everything today. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, again, he, you know, he, he was playing with a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Uh, Little Richard was one. He moved out to L.A. And at one point, uh, he ended up doing a TV show. And it's one of the earliest... Uh, TV performances of him with Little Richard. Okay, he's actually in the background playing. Yeah. And uh, when he was out in L.A., he befriended Arthur Lee. 
Arthur Lee would, would eventually start the band Love. Very, very important band. Um, that Nashville Channel 5 Night Train show, July 1965, was the one with Little Richard. If you can check that out, it's pretty cool. Um, right after that show, within a week or two, though, he gets fired from Little Richard's band. And it was for showing off. It was that he was he stood out too much. He upstaged Little Richard. Can't upstage Little Richard. Yeah, can't do that. So you know he gets fired from them. He ends up going back to the Isley Brothers, Curtis Knight and the Squires. He records some more singles. But in 1966, and this is getting to what you're interested in, he moves to to Harlem. He moves to New York. Okay, and he hooks up with this girl. Uh, the fuck is her name? Oh, yeah, yeah, look at my notes here. The girl, the girl. The girl. It's always a girl. It's always abroad. It's always abroad. Oh, God. Well, they called her Fanny. I forget her real name, okay? Right. They called her Fanny. And she had, like, all this uh, connections to what was going on in Manhattan with shows and things. It got him a lot of gigs. He ended up winning a, a uh, first prize at the Apollo Amateur Night. <laughs> kind of thing. No, okay. Is a video of it? Yeah. I don't know. It might be. Uh, fun it, it, it'd be interesting if there was. So the YouTube channel might try to edit you know, that I got, in. I got some people that were in the film East where Hendrick played the film oh, yeah. East. Yes, yes. Uh, my buddy Rick Rivets, yeah. he was there. He told me and... He said he wasn't that fucking impressed. Oh my God. <laughs> He's one of the few guys I ever met that was not that impressed with Hendrix. But really? that was Rick. Wow. You know? Uh, you know, just uh, some people got it, some people didn't. Yeah, I guess you know. Man. I think later, I, I know for a fact later on, my buddy liked them, but early on, it didn't impress him. Yeah, you know? everyone hates everyone who steals a spotlight. And yeah. that's kind of you know, yeah. if you want that spotlight, you kind of do your but thing. But he, you know what, you know when I heard his version of the Watchtower. And then I right, heard the Bob Dylan song. That, that, yeah, that it was like holy shit, that was incredible. And then. And then, like, even even then later on, where he did the uh, national anthem, the way he played that national anthem, that, well, that's, that's haunted to today. Now, now, now oh remember, God, now remember when that ever. when that happened during Woodstock. A lot of shit okay, he they had already been out there for three days in the mud. Yeah. He was one of the last to go on. Yeah, and how much and, tripping balls? And, and, and <laughs> yeah, everybody tripping balls. Where was their minds? And, and look, right, going crazy, people dying, having babies in the mud, all kinds of shit. And, and, and that's what the, happened. The mud people. Mud people. The mud people come to and, my tent and something. He goes out and he does the national anthem. All right, now it's 1969. The Vietnam War. War is raging. Is the country is split down the middle on what the fuck we're all about. Oh, kind of yeah. like now. Yeah. And uh, he goes out and he does the national anthem. Well, anybody I would say over the age of fucking 40 flipped out. Okay. How dare he do a, a rock and roll version of the national anthem? You know, how dare he? Okay, it was offensive to them. And a lot of people were upset. And for many years, that was still... It took a long time for that to be accepted. I don't think it was yeah. accepted until the no, fucking sure. 90s, oh, maybe, probably. Yeah. Not, now not, you can hear it in a commercial. Yeah. Well, okay. now I have a question for you. But it wasn't then. Who do you want to hear do that now? Which guitarist now, still living, breathing in his own world? Does anybody play guitar anymore? Or we're going to go some, back to some, some old some, some, some do. I mean... They, Nowadays. You want to know the truth? Guitar sales are down. They're horrible. They're, they're uh, Fender is on the brink of bankruptcy. Yep. Okay. 
Gibson's not doing great. Well, yeah, the, the, the problem it, too is also a lot of guys build their own guitars. I build my own guitars now. I build my well, own shit. Well, that's that. Cr- people that always build guitars. Yeah. People always build guitars. Computers and things, yes. Yeah, every, but who the, do you want to hear do that? Rendition again. I don't think nobody can do it. I don't think anybody could. I can't think of I'm not saying do it justice, but who do you want to hear do it ever again? I don't want to hear anybody butcher it. I think it was done well. Dave Navarro did it. Dave Navarro did it recently, or about 10, recently 10 years ago. Yeah, but Dave yeah. Navarro. That was, ama- they, that was amazing. Dave Navarro is not Hendrix. No, but he's. He's, he's Dave Navarro. Navarro's <laughs> a pretty bad. Dave's amazing. Let's not. Why are you saying that? Dave, uh, he plays he's, with he's, soul. He's all right. I, well, I, I can't. He's not a bad guitar player. I he's like. Not him. Bad, but he's not Hendrix. He's. he's no, not, I, I, but, I, I can't he think tried, of anybody. He, he tried some little things that didn't work out so well, like putting a dude up his ass. Didn't work out so uh, well. And then one guy, <laughs> oh, he did, uh, parents, uh, it, it oh. ended horribly. It was so bad, <laughs> and he admits it. He goes, oh, he goes. So I'm thinking, I'm, I'm a big rock star, and I put it. And goes, my mom's there going, what the fuck? I was like, oh, that's a bad I, idea. I don't know. But he tried. Things and he was amazing. The so, do you have anybody who you think would do that? The only guy I think that we'll, I would love to see play the national anthem was probably when when fucking um Prince Prince when he was alive. Prince, well, okay. well, Prince could have Prince could have probably pulled it off okay. with a lot of yeah. soul, you know. Uh, yeah. Remember, yeah. In the, remember in the Lemmy documentary? Yeah. Okay. When somebody asks him, "Do you like Prince?" and he's like, "Well, I saw Hendrix already, so no." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So I, so I think Slash sober. I would, pro- you know what? Slash drunk, he fucks it up. He did, he did it once already, I, and he I, fucked it up. I could see, I could see Slash maybe pulling that off. Maybe thing? sober, sober. Know, yeah, if he's sober. What's the other thing? Like for Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan to me was a great guitarist. Dif- different, different style. Different, different mentality. Different style, style mentality. Stevie was Ray is, is Stevie Ray. He, but Stevie he's... Ray also did a great rendition of the Watchtower where he did play. No, no, no. He was a great guitar player. Yeah, but I, but no you, you're, you're playing that song. You gotta have soul. You gotta have emotion. You gotta have all that. Who Eddie do you think? Eddie by Hayden before the drugs. No, he no, I, I, don't, I don't think I love Eddie, but Eddie's not emotionally Eddie, Eddie invested. Did, Eddie didn't. And you know, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Van Halen. I'm a big fan of maybe the first two, three albums. That were great albums. That's about it. That was great okay, album. but his but style, his yeah, style no. would not work for that. Not it wouldn't work. They're not emotionally invested. He could do it. He could do it. But who do you think nowadays? Who out there? I don't have to you're not gonna say anybody. I'm just looking over the old fogies. But yeah, you all pick your fucking There's game no, up. Wait, who's the fucking guitar hero now? At a, no. at a, I'm talking somebody a lot. Tom Morello still. And he's how old? Nineties. Uh, yeah. yeah. Machine. Like he's still the, gu- the yeah, guy. I, I I never got into them too much. I don't really? know. Yeah, it wasn't my thing. You know what's it was great? My thing. And doesn't get a lot of credit in music. Let Betty was a real. Oh player. yeah, yeah. He was legendary. Of course, of course. He was a Keith Richards all time. Yeah. Get off, but now you're talking old school. Yeah, old but, school. But but uh, where are the guitar heroes? That's done. Where, where you know where, where are the are the people that we go? Wow, holy shit. Okay. It's been years since we had anybody like that. You know, there's some old time is still around. Keyboards but, and computers, the way the future. Now it's humming it's, a, humming a, humming a, humming humming I think I feel in my gut that it's gonna come back. It's gonna I come hope. back by the end of my life. I think I think I think it will. I think it will come back. I think that uh, albums are coming again. out. Right <laughs> now, it's so wrong. Remember Reckon something. Albums are coming back. The, fa- the fact, but hit, check this out though. The fact that vinyl is back That's what I mean, is a great thing. Yeah. But a it's only thing. it's only great for us old fucks. All right, because we remember that. 
it's a, it was a scam for vinyl to come back. That's a fucking conspiracy for two all. Oh, you think okay. it is? Uh, Absolutely, it was, a, and I fell for it. We, and I love it. I don't I care. I know I'm being scammed. Why? Because I'm paying thirty, forty dollars for a record that I bought forty years ago for five dollars. Okay, it's just it's crazy. Think, when you think of the economy stuff, it's the same thing that you're well, paying. That's, 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 that's stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is what it is. I'm gonna start yeah. doing this red. Let's get back to make uh, Mohawks great again. Ready, great again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been doing that. You've been doing that. Make Mohawks great again. <laughs> Everybody's giving this fucking the side eye. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> With that hair. That's all, right, all good. So, it's all good. To, uh, yeah, right, yeah there's definitely more info here. So. May 1966, he's living in New York, and he meets Linda Keith, who happens to be Keith yep. Richards' girlfriend. Yep. And she saw him play at the Cheetah Club and was like, holy shit, Did this guy... No information. <laughs> no information I, I'm, on I'm that. I'm things they're going to ask. Uh, I don't, Did I, he get a little... I'd like... BBC. To, I, I, I'd like... Eric I, what? British, <laughs> British broadcasting system? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. You know what's funny? What? Yeah. No, keep going with her, but All I right. had some stuff. So that was at the Cheetah Club they met, and she introduces him to uh, Stone's producer, Andrew Lugoldum, and Seymour Stein. Seymour Stein was a producer at that point. Yeah. He would eventually start Sire Records about 12, 13 years later. Um, both of them turned him down. Both of them turned him down. And I'm sure they're kicking themselves in the ass. Yeah. Of course, they all mean... Yeah. So uh, he ends up checking, uh, meeting up with Chaz Chandler. Linda Keith sends him over to Chaz Chandler. Chandler was the bass player to the Animals. The Animals, and he was, he, you know, one of my favorite '60s bands. And uh, he was leaving the band at that point. Uh, wanted to produce, get into managing, and he immediately signs Hendrix to a record deal in England. Brings him over, puts him in a studio, and uh, September 24th, 1966, he signs this record deal. And Everything at, fell into place at that point, all right? By going to England, he met uh, Mitch Mitchell on drums, yeah. Noel Redding on bass, okay? And those three guys would become the Jimi Hendrix experience, yep. all right? And they would play all over the fucking place in England and change everything, all right? Change everything. Those early shows, well, every one of them was attended by Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Pete Townsend, Roger Daltrey. Pete Townsend, I think, is on record saying, uh, I thought we were done at that point. Wow. I thought when Hendrix came along, I thought we were done. That's how different I mean, that, he was and originally that's, that's, was. Every generation has their, their musical standpoint. So that was them, and, and Grunge had their, with Nirvana and this, and, and the problem that now has is there's no community. Everyone's so social media. It's killing it all. It really. But I mean, but to, to you, hear here's the to thing hear, too. To hear that, 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 that Hendrix is playing a show with those icons there, and they're all in one fucking building, is amazing. Well, right. these guys all appreciated each other. Well, in, of first, first of all, England's a small country. Yeah. So you yes. could do that. Okay. Yeah. New York City's a small country. You don't get country. Well, small yeah. city. Yeah. And how many times you've seen bands with like, all the same place? Yeah. New York City back yeah. in the day. Yeah. I mean, right. It was as big as New York, yeah, like yeah. just a whole country. But uh, 
when they did the three albums that they did as the as the Jimi Hendrix Experience, I they think it's just groundbreaking oh, it's shit. Uh, it's, later on, he would get you know get into the band the Gypsies. Billy Cox would would join up with them afterwards, play bass. Uh, it was different. I, I I don't I don't like that later period as yeah. much. I don't, know, I don't know how you feel about it. You, you like that band of gypsy stuff? You, no, but you know what? Back then, he was kind of done with the record label because he was pretty much going to leave. I think he the, hard he of being, I think the gypsy, and I think he was just going to be a backup guitarist to Eric Clapton or somebody like that. He was yeah, ready to leave. Yeah, I, yeah, right. He I think he was. He was tired of being. Yeah, yeah, he was tired of being. I think he, he pulled the cocoa bean and being in the limelight. Younger guys. Yeah, it's hard of being that that guy. It's like being told you have to, you have to, you have to. He said, fuck it, I'm just going to be a background guy and enjoy my life and, and live life. To me, the, the three songs of Jimmy that I love, that I could, the song could be released today, it would be a hit. I still think Hey Joe, Purple Haze, and, and uh, When Cry Mary. Uh, you, know, he didn't, you know, he didn't write Hey Joe. No, no. There was there was there was a band called the Leaves. The Leaves that would that like from a tree. The Leaves. Yeah. They they were doing they were doing a, a version of that faster before Hendrix. Okay, Hendrix heard it and said, "I want to do that song," and he slowed it down a little bit. And that was the version that Linda Keith heard at the Cheetah Club and said, "Oh shit, we got to sign this guy somehow. This guy's got to be signed." This guy's great. Yeah, you know. What would it have been like to see Hendrix at the Cheetah Club? I mean, come close, like I mean, blow your mind. Something that changed your life forever. I saw Nirvana at Roseland. Roseland was a small fucking little bullshit club. I remember Roseland. Um, I saw a lot of shows there. For those who don't, well. People across the country don't know. Roseland don't see that. No, no, no. Explain to Roseland was was great. Roseland was like a bigger CBS. Uh, I'm sure everyone yeah, sees it. Was, it, was, it was more like a, a medium sized venue, uh, like an urban plaza. Yeah. You know, it, it, it had. Phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it was a great place to see but a concert. You can, you can I know you don't get there. They don't know. They don't know. I know. I know. I'm it's just an arrogant easy. fuck. Oh, I don't, <laughs> yes. I don't, you don't, I don't give a fuck. New York fuck. City prick. You gotta explain. I'm a fucking New York City stop. I saw fucking Radiohead there. I saw. Fuck Radiohead. Rage Against the Machine. I saw a bunch oh my God, of Rage there. Phenomenal. And hey, you know what? Lemmy saw the Red Hot Chili Pepper in Roseland. I heard that story. <laughs> I heard that story. Charlie <laughs> Kelly, if you're out there. Yeah. Charlie got it. Charlie got Lemmy into Roseland. So anyway, my was, I saw I saw uh, Nirvana there with Pat Smear, who I love Pat Smear. Um, yep. And it was probably the most defining moment in my life seeing these guys. Take over this fucking place and sing with Jimmy. Like, imagine seeing Jimmy, first of all, ever alive, but in his heyday, his prime, like, holy shit, that's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And now, what do you get? With absolute no respect, you, you, get, you get Post Malone, you get these fucking guys who just do. Well, what was it? Uh, Maroon 5. What the fuck, fuck, what the fuck, fuck man, is that? You know? Dude. Please. Are there any individuals you like that motherfucker. now? motherfucker. What's his name from Maroon 5? I don't know. Fucking, no whatever the fuck is it. I wish he was here right now. Asshole. That was the worst. I, I wish he was walking right now so I could beat the shit. You know what? That was the worst. That was the worst yeah. halftime show ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. Who do you like now? Forget about now. We, we talk about... You know what's I my favorite know. band right, right now that I've been listening sucks. to that's been around for only a few years? Daddy Longlegs. Do you know them? 
Okay. I did not know Daddy Long. I saw these guys for the first time a couple of years ago, and I got to talk to the singer. His name is Brian Hurd. Real tall guy. Uh, they're a, you know, they're a three-piece, okay? Blues-oriented. Uh, I mean, it's. I talked to him, and he plays harmonica, too. All right. I talked to him, and... I said to him, I said, you know, I love what you're doing, man. I said, you're, you're reinventing rock and roll, and that's what needs to be done right now. And he said, you got it, man. Yeah, that's exactly See, what we're trying new, to do. New yeah, slowly, you know? Panic and Disco. Panic, I mean, they're not, they're panic not hard rock, but they're Panic slowly. Panic is a little, you know, there, there's a lot of bands They're softer, like but they're yeah. still, they're trying to play both songs. Like, look like, at yeah. Blink 182 to try to bring punk back, but they were more like a mainstream. Oh, yeah. That so, wasn't so that good. Green Day also not good. Uh, yeah, I love that. Pop punk, I loved. I'm about to go listen. You I'm like Blink 182? I love them. I do. Mm. I hate the I hate the inner dramas. I think I think uh, fuck what's his face and drumming wise was one of the best drummers I, I in the just, world. Uh, I thought. Fucking uh, Travis Barker is the most. The, the, the only band, really? the only band out of that I, shit I, that I thought had a couple of good songs I was think Rancid. Tommy Lee. I think Tommy Lee. Rancid. Was I, I, I will tell you something. Rancid. Next next show, the Rancid. I'm in. Rancid. I like time I like, I like a few songs, but even with them, it's I my just, son's first show. He was four years old. Yeah. Rancid. They are fucking. They're just a good. They're the, they're the band that Green Day should have should have been. Yeah. Should have yeah. been. If they yeah. were, I would have liked them they more. Were, they weren't more yeah. commercialized. Yeah. And, and but mind you, Billy Joe wrote most of their songs. Yeah. Who? Francis. They, he wrote a bunch of their songs. Who? Green Day. Uh, Billy Joe. Oh, Billy, I, Billy I thought Joe. you said Billy Joel. No, Billy Joe. I'm going to fucking kill somebody. No, Billy Joe. <laughs> so so one, one song called Radio, which is amazing. You yeah. on YouTube. Billy Joe. <laughs> Billy Joe. And, and Rancid playing Radio was one of the greatest Billy Joe Armstrong, yeah. And it's, it's, it's you know... Punk became punk. Punk became not the way it is now. It, it is. You had to evolve and had to do look, what I do. I, I, I get it. No, and I'm the fucking you know, idiot you know, punk it, moron. But those Somebody, guys, those look, guys say punk. Those I, guys the, the don't want to be punk. I'm sorry. Why? Green Day and fucking they want. They're not punk. Why? They took the I'm gonna say something that's gonna piss came, you off. And they came Hold in on. like that. But let they me let me, say, were, let me say this. They weren't even the Ramones. They were no, They were shit. Somebody in around 1990. Decided that, and I'd say it's probably Geffen, okay, that we're gonna push this shit. And that's how grunge got started. And handed to him, it was cooler than the fucking hair metal that was on the radio at that point. And I was getting old, okay? Okay? But grunge and what later became Green Day and Blink One, that was all corporate driven shit. Yeah. There was there was nothing, it was always there, but it got to be. Just like the Spin Doctors. Always there. <laughs> Crap! Crap! The spin reason we, you know what? The, re- the, re- the reason we do the this big doctor was shit. That was, it was crap. Worst. That's why I'm on this show. It's crap. Aaron, I love you. How do you it's like crap. the spin doctors? Because they're in East Village guys. They were they they, oh, they play they well. Fuck, what? Because they they ain't from the East fucking no, Village. Aaron is absolutely the drummer. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Oh, okay, I give him that. Those, give him that. But, guys, but 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 those guys are slapdicks. The, the music sucks, man. Uh, as far as that goes, they made a lot of money for it. So? And someone says they're $2 million. What does money got to do with it? Play, play this for a year. You were doing the hoppy. And there's Jimmy. Hey! And there's Jimmy. If that doesn't say, close See, the show he's, out. He's, I don't know what does. Yeah. I mean, well, let's talk no, about how he threw up on his own vomit. He choked on his own vomit. Okay. That one. All right. That's how he died September 18th, 1970. Yeah. 
And uh, it was a sad day. Where did he die? Did he die in London? But he was buried in Seattle? He was buried in Seattle. Uh, died of an overdose of barbiturates. Uh, that nobody fucking, you know, he was partying and just no one gave a fuck and he died. You, you know what's amazing about Hendrix? His career was only like four years long. His main Pretty much. career was a four year Yeah, he was, like, he was like a flash. And, and, and it was like yeah. he came in. Almost like a flash but, in a pen. He made, the, he made so yeah. much fucking influence in those yeah. two, three, four years. You so know. you know what? When I had little time, he was regarded as one of the most influential electric guitar player in the history of pop music. In the history of pop music. Yeah. Can you believe that's what they call him? And the history of pop music. Yeah. It was popular music, but Hendrick was also like his rock albums, and roll. Those three albums weren't top ten. No, none no. of them. No. But that's like Queen. Queen for him obviously did his thing, but after fucking dipshit put it in fucking Wayne's world, it became huge again and they become yeah. a big thing again. Yeah. It's not when it comes out, it's when it hits. And that's scary enough what happens in this world. And you know what's funny, even to today, some people still say Hendrick, uh, Hendrix music is one of the most celebrated music of the 20th century. Absolutely. People just yeah. think that you can pick up Hendrick and just listen. Everybody knows him when you hear when you hear it. Everybody Absolutely. knows that guitar as soon as you turn you know you turn a song on. And, and what else do you want? You yeah, know? he's also in the you know, I know you don't like that, but he's also in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. As he one he of deserves the, to yeah, be in there, absolutely. He's one of the guys that you look like, yeah, you you, you deserve to be there. You know, I wanna say the album of the week will be the first one. Are you experienced? Oh yeah. Think about the songs on this album. Don't don't hear one song, hear the whole album. Foxy Lady. Foxy Lady, great song. Fire. Fire the great title song. track. Coming okay. by Peppers. Third Stone from the Sun. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. May This Be Love. I mean, come on. Yes. Every song on there is a classic. Yes. Hands down. Album of the week. Okay. I got some upcoming shows to talk about. Just All right. Two little short ones. All right. All right. Do it. We got time. June 11th. The Prince of Darkness. Mr. Ozzy Osbourne. Okay. He's playing Madison Square Garden. Now. Wow. I've seen Ozzy a couple of times. He always puts on a pretty good show. It's probably going to be one of the last times you're going to see him if you oh, want to yeah. go. I can't see how much more he can keep it going. But I did hear that the last couple of years his shows have been halfway decent. So he's been doing songs he hasn't always Ozzy. done. He's Ozzy. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. And uh, June 14th at Brooklyn Steel, we got the specials. They're one of my favorite bands. Uh, Scott Band. Coming back to Rancid, yep. Good well, friends, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's one thing I liked about Rancid is is that whole Scott reggae thing yeah. that they had going on. The, spe- the, the specials are a good band. They haven't been there. I think they last, they last had a tour like a few years ago. It's been ago, a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Years ago. Yeah. Rush Plug and Handsome. Um... What are, what, what are the next show? What's on the next show? Are we going to the next show? It? We're going to do we're going to do a show. We're going to start a two-parter on Iggy Pop. Okay. All right, uh, one of my all-time favorites. Hey, you're, you're specials. Do both or do one just oh, specials? We should do a show on the specials. Yeah. Uh, we could arrange that. Yeah. Maybe by the end of the summer. I would add um, this. I want to do a, a show a, and record it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do a show uh, on Iggy. Um, we're gonna do a two-parter. One part will be about the Stooges. One part will be about his solo career. To me, he's like the top four or five most important people in rock. Yeah, I'm not there. You gotta mention the fact that he got back with his band with Bam Margera, who's a fucking lunatic nowadays. Yeah. And they asked him at MTV, 
Here's one band you ever want back back together. He goes, I want Iggy's Stooges. And the Stooges. And they are together and they made and they were on tour then. Yeah. It's I mean like, they, they got back thing, they got back know? together in yeah. two thousand three. That's that, that's um, why though. Yeah, no, it's true. Um I so saw please, them. Please hold out there, bring that up and, and Yeah. I actually, will bring that up. Get a hold of Ben Mongeri, he might come in because he's right. fucking right. lunatic nowadays. So, <laughs> he's lunatic nowadays, he might want to so, come in. I'm going to run down the schedule of the bands we're going to do in the next couple of weeks. Uh, there we go. We got Iggy Pop and the Stooges. That's going to be a two-part. We're going to do, we got to hit Patty Smith. We got to hit Patty Smith. I'll probably we'll shit hit, off. We'll hit Patty Smith a yeah. little bit. Yeah. I want to do something on the Brats. If I, if I can get uh, her in, uh, possibly, possibly. If I can get her in, y'all can buy me drinks. Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello. Yeah, uh, you're we're in. gonna do something well, on the I, Misfits. I, I know friends who know her. Oh, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like my my friends are cousins. Oh pay. shit! All right, <laughs> that might be cool. Man, that mean I won't be able to shit on her when she on this show. No, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I actually probably could. It's, it's just cousins. Might, it's she, not close. She might, she might <laughs> smack you. It might happen. So it's just cousins. Then we're doing the Misfits will be good. The Buzzcock. Like the Misfits can get on Kennedy's. the show. Like, those guys are amazing. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the great dudes. The Kennedys and the Jam. And the Jam. Yeah. The Jam will be an interesting show. Yeah. So, uh, right. how many was, was it about? Seven, eight bands? Right yeah, there? like I mean, a, a lot. So, we're talking like by the end of the summer, pretty much. That's what we're going to be talking about. So, and we hope you all can listen. Yeah. Or watch. Or a watch. If you have a band you want to promote or have... have Mostly Michael listen to too, or yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if anybody send listening send, out send, there, send, send your shit in. If anybody, and in. I know there's a there's a few people out there. Uh, Mike Klug, if you're out there, I know you got an oi band that you've been trying to tell me is great, and you were gonna send me some music. Send it. So please send it. We'll listen. Um, you know where to find me, Rocket Mike two one two on Twitter. I'm sorry, Rocket Mike two one two on Instagram, Rocket Mike three on Twitter. Um, gettinglumpedup.com Go on that site And sign up it. And get the get all the podcasts And you can reach us there Come into the international bar I'm usually fucking Lumped up in there Yeah You know And another thing We're gonna have A listen along We're okay. gonna listen to songs You told me an album Last week From uh, What was the name of the guy The album You said that was a damn good oh, album Oh well Well Sam Harris And the Sweet Sam, Things Their yeah, album finally the Has thing. come out Yeah Get that album So That's what I'm gonna shit. do I'm gonna listen to the album I'm gonna pick two songs and then we're gonna play those songs and then we're gonna talk about them. And okay. See what we think, what we like about it, what what makes these songs so good. And and we do two songs and we do a, we do a, a listen along, and we also let the viewers be like, what do you think about this? Because you well, say if, we, it's a if hell. we do if we do it Facebook Live, right? Anybody watching can participate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool, right? That'd be cool. We can do cool. that. Yeah. Um, Alright, well, with that, you know where Rob's gonna be, you know Mike's gonna be. I'm an idiot, so. Oh, <laughs> good. And we love you, man. And remember, guys, you can now find this show on i iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio, we're on now. Podcast, we're Which on there. That works at. We're getting um, bigger, folks. We're also. It's, 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 we're it's getting, getting there. It's getting there. You really. can find us now. It's on, actually kind of scary. Yeah, but it's getting there. You can find us on speaker now, also. So I'm plugging all the places you YouTube, can find us. YouTube, iHeart. YouTube, iHeart. So, I want to let you guys in on something. I've been talking to uh, Westwood One, trying to get a contract with them to get a show worldwide. Really? And uh, that's that's the next move. I, I sent them a few emails. I sent them a few stuff. Um, and Westwood One, you know how big that is. That's Westwood that's One is you know, a lot of power. So um, yeah. My heart is huge. Come on, man. My heart is huge. No, but I, Westwood One will we be... We have t-shirts. We'll, we have all we'll, these things. We'll become... We'll be working we'll for that. We're getting good. 
And the, the only network. The one thing I asked is for the only thing I asked is say we want creative control. You guys can come here and give us a right, well, ship producer or something. And um, after that worked out in the kinks, <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'm in. Uh, a lot of good stuff happening. Tomorrow, next week, this week. A lot of shows coming up. We're in Stone AC. We're still in AC. We're live from the Hard Rock. From the Hard How Rock. weird was it that Hendrix came on the radio? Over here? That was his ghost talking to us. That man. was his ghost. Love <laughs> you guys. We'll see it on YouTube soon. Yeah. I'm going to edit this. And remember don't get drunk, get, get lumped up. up. Have a good one.